Welcome back to the program on this Friday, 118, and welcome back into the program, Moshe Lander, economics professor at Concordia University. How are you this afternoon, sir? I am well, thanks. I wanted to talk about, we've talked about so much with the, the interest rates and, and the economy and where we're at and where we're going and everything, Moshe, but there's a Stats Canada report out on family spending on children, and I thought this is a good one because I think that's something that is discussed in most homes with kids. And I, I would even venture some debates and arguments about how to properly spend money when it comes to the children. Uh, and I shouldn't say properly. I'm, I'm just saying maybe what to do and what not to do and how do you say no and how do you say yes, all that stuff. Uh, what do you make of the Stats Canada report, first of all? Yeah, it, it, it's interesting because, you know, it is something that's very personal, right? And so everybody's going to have their own ideas as to what is right, what's wrong. And, and you said properly, and I, I think that's a, a good choice of words because your properly might be different than mine. Uh, and, and, you know, when you try and aggregate that information, it, it's interesting to see uh, uh, how people feel about it. Yeah, indeed. Um, and then there's also the different dynamics of the family, right? The single parent, the, the low-income parent, the middle class all that that weighs into where we're at with everything else that we're all dealing with in the economy. And it's also the number of children that you have too, right? Because once you have more than one child, uh, we could argue that there's, you know, like economies of scale, right? The idea of hand-me-downs and the ability to buy in bulk. Uh, So, you know, instead of buying a liter of milk, if you're buying four liters of milk, uh, you know, spread over more kids, that, that money actually stretches further, right? Because you do get discounts, uh, per per liter, the more liters you buy. And, and so it's the type of thing then where, you know, kids are very, very expensive no matter how many you have. But there's an element here where if you have more kids, uh, again, what counts as properly and what counts as, uh, you know, the need for something new as opposed to just hand-me-down uh, plays a factor as well. How much is this affecting the middle class to the to the people that are really struggling beneath them? You know, I I think it really comes down to if you're going to make cuts in your family, uh, how much of that burden has to be absorbed by kids. And so that, again, becomes something that's extremely personal. My my particular view is that the the kids come first when it comes to spending. And so if I have to skip a lunch or I have to go with, uh, you know, socks with holes in them, then I'm going to do that uh, before I go to the kids and say, all right, you guys are going to have to do without certain things. Uh, But I think part of it, too, and it's something that I'm a strong believer in, is that I think kids at almost any age are capable of understanding inflation just needs to be explained in an age appropriate way. Uh, And you can involve the kids in in trying to find ways to economize without scaring them, uh, but so that they are also participating in, in trying to help make the disposable income stretch a little further. It's such a fascinating conversation because I liked what you just said there. I don't know any parents that wouldn't, you know, give up something, a vacation, uh, going out for dinner, a movie, a new jacket, anything like that to help their kids get what they want. I think most parents are are that fashion. But this is more than just that, isn't it? It's literally about saying, you know, I, I think of recreation sports. I think of the cost of hockey. I think of all that, how you sit down with kids and go, you know, this year it just might not be feasible to do this. Yeah, it's. It- Again, it depends on how it's explained, right? But I think all of us as adults probably have some sort of traumatic experience in our lives, remembering something that our parents uh, denied us or didn't do for us that was probably a, you know, not an unreasonable request, but it sticks with us, right? And so it, it's one of those things that uh, inflation is not something of our doing. It's not something that we were reckless about and therefore uh, you know, consequences have to be had. We're, we're all suffering from it. And so the idea that you, you dump the burden on, on the kids 
you know, what do they do and why do they deserve to have, you know, a hockey canceled this year? Uh, you know, you can't get what you would normally have done. Uh, it, it seems that that's the type of thing that kids will remember in 10 and 20 years. And we've seen anecdotal evidence of that. Um, you know, children of the Depression uh, ended up to be very, very frugal as adults because they were scarred by the effects of uh, recession. And, you know, kids have just come out of suffering from the scarring of of COVID, and then we're walloping them again with uh, bad economic data. You know, this is the type of thing that 20 years from now, you don't want to see uh, altered behavior where we maybe could have found ways to, to maybe smooth it over for them. It's not spoiling them, but just trying to shield them to some extent from, from the full effect of, of what's going on. And as a professor of economics, what would be some tips for, say, the average family of two kids and middle middle class maybe even in lower than middle class to sort of look at with this economy where it's at and inflation and sort of look at some ways to, to maybe help themselves. The biggest one is to try and reduce waste. And I'm not just talking from like an environmental standpoint. When you think about how much stuff in the, in the fridge goes into the garbage, how many leftovers get uh, wasted, how many times the kids forget the gloves at school, where in the past you might just say, eh, well, we'll just go get you a new pair of gloves. That idea of minimizing waste means that if we're spending the money because we need to spend the money, we're going to make sure that we get the most out of it. And so it's one of those things that if you need to go to the grocery store a little more often and keep a little less food in the fridge at any given time, Maybe that's what you need to do, but it, it, it's stunning how much waste we uh, create. And and the financial costs have always just been shrugged off as, well, that's life. Uh, life is different now. And so <laughs> it's, it's an easy way then that you can find a lot of savings and, and pretty quickly, and it adds up. You know, I'm a child of the 80s, and all these conversations are ones that I, I all I'm hearing is my mom and my dad saying, you know, when you have kids one day, you'll understand. Um, and man, I, I didn't even maybe 10 years ago, but this is the past three to five years that I really understand. Yeah, and, and, you know, I'm also a child at the same time. And, and so, you know, our parents were suffering through 20% inflation or interest rates that were in the 20s, right? Uh, and so we've only gone up to 4%, uh, but we're collectively losing our minds over how can inflation be so devastating at 4%. So, you know, that's exactly it. it, it it's the trauma is carried through. And so where they were worried about keeping their homes and, and making sure that the lights were left on and the food was on the table, um, it, it is something that gets ingrained to us. And so when we're seeing it now, it's the type of thing that we don't want to necessarily turn around to our kids and scar them so that 30, 40 years from now, they're saying, I remember when, but Again, if it's explained to them properly, you can get them to understand that, listen, this year, I'm happy to get you a new pair of gloves. I'm happy to get you a new pair of shoes for school, but you really do need to make sure that these last this year uh, because this is the only pair that I can get you right now. Uh, and, and we can talk next school year, right? So you still get what you want, but it's just not going to be something that you can be reckless about. And that's maybe a way to kind of minimize some of the fear. And if you can encourage them the way we were encouraged to find ways to reduce uh, CFCs and, and to care for the ozone, same thing. If you can get them to care about how to try and economize, uh, it, it really goes a long way too. You're being far more than just an economist here, and I like it because it's okay to involve them in that. Like I, I mean, I was told we just can't afford it, and you would you would feel bad, you would you would be mad, and then you'd also feel uh, this this understanding that you know we don't have money or something without understanding the real realm of we do, we just don't have enough. Um, the, these are great ways to involve your kids. And I hear this more and more when we talk about the economy, the inflation, and how to handle it with your kids, is to include them in these conversations. It, 
It is. And, and I think that one of the biggest problems that we have as adults is that because we weren't involved in basic economics discussions, right, you don't have to have PhDs in, in economics to understand the basics. Uh, but, you know, we, we see it now in, in flawed public policy. We, you know, politicians, I've never met one that doesn't understand basic economics. Their problem is that when the voters don't understand basic economics, they can either try and spend time educating us, although we'd probably just change the channel and stop listening, or they're going to say, all right, since you don't understand it, then I'll just give you what you want because it's easier than trying to explain. It's almost like the parents just throwing up their hands and say, fine, have what you want. So if you start educating kids at a younger age about just the basics of economics, then when they're adults, they can make better informed decisions. And that also improves public policy uh, when they're adults as well. So I, I can't see any reason why you can't explain to them the basics of interest rates and inflation and the, the value of money and how it uh, loses over time when inflation is high. It, 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 it's simple to, to teach, and, and it, it does resonate with them. They understand a lot more than you would think. I, I Unfortunately, I only have about 20 seconds left here, Moshi, but I love having you on because you're so good with this stuff. But um, how, how difficult is it right now for, for the average family? It's tough, um, but it, it, it's going to get easier. Uh, weird as it is, the, the oncoming economic slowdown is going to allow us to kind of take a pause and when we come back on the other side of whatever this recession looks like, we always come back stronger than when we went into it. And, and so that's the good news is that, uh, you know, maybe six to 12 more months of rough times and then things will really start to look up again. Always appreciate your time and insight. Thanks for doing this. Anytime. Moshe Lander, economics professor, Concordia University. Man, I love having him on. He's so good to talk about stuff like this. Uh, let us know what you're thinking, what you're feeling about it. 780-6868 on our text line. More to come on the Jim Tolth Show on 680 CJOB.